0: welcome to play Bra- <laughs> <laughs> those Jason welcome to play gravity a homebrew podcast this is Aaron
1: and I am thinking about starting a spin-off co- uh, podcast called uh, platonic gravity just tell us your name and it's about uh, heavy things that don't have sex with each other <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's Jason. And we are excited to, today to welcome our first guest on the Sparge, which, of course, is our mini episode that is released every other week opposite our full interview episodes. Today, we are super excited to welcome Matt and Joel. Matt and Joel co host the Poor Not Poor podcast, where they share their experiences of managing money to have a rich, fulfilling life today and into the future. Matt and Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, man.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we're, uh, we're super pumped to have you on. One of the reasons, uh, among the many reasons that we invited you on the show is that you start your podcast, Poor Not Poor, with the same That's basic... one of those
1: homophones.
0: Yeah, it's a, it is a homophone. <laughs> the homophonic <laughs> podcast, uh, Poor Not Poor, <laughs> starts with a beer, uh, just like we start with a beer. And uh, you guys kind of get the best of both worlds, because we start every episode with a beer chosen by our guests- you start every episode with a beer chosen by you, which means that on your show and our show, you get to pick the beer. What are we drinking?
3: Yeah, so tonight we uh, picked up a New Belgium La Folie. And, man, we got lucky enough to find a 2015 on, a, on the shelf near uh, at, at the, the bottle shop that I usually go to. So, uh, yeah, New Belgium La Folie, which, in my opinion, is yeah, one of the greatest wide-release sours out there.
2: It, uh, yeah, I'll say we'll see if we're lucky or not, because I feel like we're starting to taste into it a little bit here in the 2015. You know, we'll get into the tasting notes maybe here in a second, but it's got a, a different taste to, to it to me.
1: Is, is this? Are you guys coming off of having recently had the? What are? are is this? Are we doing the 2018? 16. Or the, 2016. 20, 2016. I'm drinking a beer nice. that is two years old. That's kind of crazy because I, you it's, know I love.
3: I love getting into an old beer every once in a while something you know a couple two three years old and just kind of seeing what happened to the beer lay yeah. it down and and just like okay how does that differ from you know what i'm used to drinking when i drink a fresh beer like this and i think a, a lapoli, specifically you know barrel-aged sours mm-hmm. and then you know wood-aged uh, or barrel-aged stouts and like wood-aged sours like this are, are just perfect to lay down and just kind of see what happens
1: i you know what i uh i agree 100 percent um i mean it's a weird, like, I don't know that I necessarily think about beers tasting fresh because by, by and large, you get them fresh and then you drink them. Like, they're, they're not usually old when they get to you, but this, even being two years old, like, there, there's nothing, I don't know, there's no oxidation. There's no, like, weird off flavors.
0: No, in fact, I, I actually am both really excited about this beer and then a little disappointed. I'm excited because it has a really bright and clean as- acidity. Mm-hmm. The malt, like the malt of the brown ale, like gives, like, I can taste it, but it's really just supporting that acidity. And then I'm a little disappointed because I thought it would be more complex. I thought there'd be like more going on, but honestly, it's just really clean and fresh. So definitely, I, I, definitely a drinker.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% yeah, on well, board with this.
2: I, I'll say that the, uh, I feel like our, the previous, like, more recent La that we've had have tasted a little brighter. Like, okay. Like normally, there's a little more uh, tartness. And so, you know, ours is a year older here. And I feel like, I mean, correct me, Joel. Or you tell me what you think too, but I just I feel like it's a lot more mellow than uh than sort of
3: what I have recorded in my brain as to how it tastes. Yeah, and it's always interesting because I'm like trying to remember the last time I had it and what it tasted (laughs) like. But I do think, yeah, this is Since then you've had (laughs) a
2: hundred beers. So it's like, okay, what the hell? Like can I actually remember? I don't know.
3: Right, but I think yeah, I think you're right. I think this one is a little mellower. I'm getting a little more of the wood, of like the oak on this year, and the you know, that kind of uh, tart vinegar flavor that I'm used to in a Flanders Red and particularly in the La Folie I feel like it's just diminished a little bit and that's probably because it's three years old yeah, it's mellow yeah but it's uh, like chilled s- out still solid but on a, on a uh, Flanders man I love that kind of that vinegar tartness and, and it's yeah. just backed off a little bit it's a little too reserved on the 2015 although still Solid beer. Yes. I feel They'll like
1: love it. If, if you got more barrel coming through in this, I feel like that still sounds. In fact, I would be interested to see this beer. Uh, I would probably I would be interested to see this beer like five years old and see yeah. how much more of that barrel, how drastic it's. It's a thing that Aaron and I tr- traditionally have done when we have brewed beers is we'll put one back for at least six
0: months. Just even even see, if yeah. it's not supposed to be put back, like we'll put like a an, like an overhopped IPA back just to see what the hell happens. That jet fuel. Just weapon, to see what happens. It's I'll never like it. it's never good. It usually it turns into a barley wine in my <laughs> opinion. Yeah, it's 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 never good, but it's nice to have the experience of, of of what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it helps you understand the flavors more when you know what's falling out when. Oh yeah, you know,
2: I love that. Experimentation to know to know what's falling out and to know what it does to the specific types of beers. I love that. I love the sort of A B testing
3: and yeah. kind of going into it with your with your eyes open. That's yeah, cool. and even some of those fresh IPAs, right? Like a few weeks on it can make a major difference. Yeah. Like, I feel like especially some of those local IPAs, you get uh, a can of it and when you're a week or less in, it's I mean it's almost like it just came out of the draft line. But yeah. once you know it's a month month and a half old. It, it already has a different taste yeah and it's got and I think it's sometimes like better missing sometimes a little worse. bit of that
0: fresh bite or something you know yeah yeah and I, I I think sometimes with those New England IPAs, I, I like them three or four weeks old because they lose some of the vegetation that you get with all that hops don't so. you be
1: bringing a goddamn College book learning words into here like vegetation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the vegetable, so, vegetation in my beer. Get out of I here! I didn't
3: know three syllable words were going to be a part of this
1: yeah. conversation. Yeah, too much.
0: That's you know what? Let's let's just move past. Let's move past the beer tasting. Our goal with the beer tasting too, and I think you guys also do a great job. Is I, I want to taste
1: so good. I'm
0: an average beer taster, so I, I feel like if I ever come off as, off as a pretentious beer taster, someone should write the show and tell me to stop it because I'm not that. I'm not that into it. Anyway, so, um, but you guys talk about money in your show. You talk about ways that your listeners can live rich lives today and into the future. And a lot of our listeners probably think that they might want to open a brewery someday, which is a a common theme for home brewers. And especially, you know, if you you want someone to encourage you to begin a a brewery,
1: Mm.
0: brew your own beer at home and share it with people. They'll just say, hey, man, you should start a brewery (laughs) no matter what. Uh, so can you talk about, uh, maybe some good ideas you guys might have to people who want to save up money or find some capital to start a brewery?
2: Yeah. Well, well, first I'll say, I mean, just as an antidote, that's exactly, are you guys familiar with Monday night brewing in Atlanta? Uh, No. 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 Monday night. They are, I think easily at this point, the, the best sort of production brewery, uh, maybe not only in Atlanta, but I would say in Georgia as well. Okay. Okay. And they started out as three dudes that started meeting together on Monday nights and started brewing beer. And that's exactly how they started. They started in a Jeff's garage and that's when I met them and we would go, you know, every week that they're brewing and they would teach you about the process a little bit. It's literally, I mean, basically it's the closest I've ever gotten to home brewing. Um, but that's exactly how they started. And now they've right. got two locations. They've got a barrel aging, uh, you know, facility and, and they're crushing it. So it's a little, little success story that, um, that it can happen. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think the first thing, if you're a home brewer and you're really interested in starting a brewery of your own at some point, uh, the first thing is you kind of have to have your own financial act in order, and sure. you know you want to be in the process where you're paying off debts, where you are, you know, cutting back every month to where you can can save more and put more towards paying off debt. Because um, I think that's a huge hindrance to people that want to start a small business is that they're just in a lot of debt right now. And how how in the world am I going to take on know, more debt to fund a business if mm-hmm. my own personal life, financial life is not in order. Um, right. So I would say anybody that's really interested yeah. in starting a brewery really needs to take a hard look at their own finances and, and get that stuff in shape You know, before they're really ready to kind of take on that uh, that added burden and that new responsibility. Which um, you kind of like, have to have shown that you can handle that stuff in your own personal life. So, yeah.
1: Which is like not a thing that you want to hear when you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to do an artistic pursuit. I'm going to make a thing. Right. And that's all I care about is making the thing. But really... If you're going to be the person making the thing to sell, you also have to be the person running the whole ecosystem. Sure. The whole, like the yeah, finances. Yeah, I think. I think.
3: An, I think. Yeah, I think another thing people need to think about, by the way, too, like because it is artistic and you love doing it, mm. but like, where is where's the market where you live too? Is there an opening for you to start a brewery? Like, for instance, here in where we live in Atlanta, we actually have one of the lowest per capita craft beer outputs in the nation. Wow. And so, really seems like a really crowded market yeah. to me. Is actually Atlanta. not terribly crowded here in Atlanta. And so you could start a brewery here, uh, a, a nice neighborhood brewery, and you, you could be completely fine. But, you know, if you're starting one in Southern California, it, it might be a lot more difficult. So <laughs> or you know, know what the people around there like to drink and, and what they're into. And then also make sure that there's, you know, a market availability for your brewery out there. You don't want to start something and realize, oh, crap, <laughs> I'm $500,000 into this. And I, I, I think there's too many breweries and it's oversaturated.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, that's a good point because no matter how good your homebrew is, the amount of work you'd have to put in to open a brewery in like Asheville or oh, yeah. one of those other huge brewing towns is just, would be insane.
2: Exactly. Well, that's, so y- you guys are obviously familiar with Stone Brewing, but the, uh, yeah, absolutely. you know, Mitch Steele, yeah. Mr., Mr. West Coast IPA himself, uh, he announced, I guess it was maybe three years ago, they announced that he was going to be opening a brewery in Atlanta. And people are like, What? Why would he ever do that? You know, and he'd been off of uh off the books with Stone for I guess a couple years at that point. And they opened like last year, or a couple years ago, and they've been crushing it. I mean, they are in an incredible location. People love them. And they just he had an uh, you know, a knack for business or his partners did, I guess, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And they were able to identify that Atlanta is just incredibly underserved when it comes to, to craft beer. And so, you know, they, they came in or started crushing it and they bought up a Green Flash location at Virginia Beach. Uh and yeah, I think they're I think they're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's new realm brewing. And actually Mitch Steele is gonna be exactly. on a live podcast uh of another podcast i listen to called steal this beer they're going to interview mitch Steele, and he's going to talk about what they're doing at new realm brewing that's coming up on september 10th so steal this beer listeners um this episode Very will, cool. will go before that. You should definitely check that out. Actually, I lied. It's not going to release before that. So, uh, <laughs> so download, you should have already checked. But hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I do hope you enjoyed it. I don't edit the sparge, so uh, sorry, guys. You're going to have to just go back and, and uh, download that nerds. episode. Oh, I'm but sorry. I, I you love you all. You mentioned an interesting thing that I think uh, homebrewers can uh, learn from, which is Mitch Steele didn't, you know, Mitch Steele, of Stone Brewing, of you know Mr. West Coast IPA, I am certain could have gotten all the financing in the world that he wanted to open his own brewery, and he didn't go new; he bought out an old brewery. And I think that's another cool way to to get into the industry is to is to find someone who didn't make it and, and take their stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
2: kind of sad if you, you know you think about it, but that's
0: I uh, mean that's an opportunity.
2: You
3: so know, it's when interesting you're, when you're looking
2: to... at a business. You got to look out for those opportunities.
3: Mm-hmm. I was recently talking to someone from the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild, and she told me mm-hmm. that that used equipment is actually not that much cheaper than new equipment. Okay. And it's because new equipment actually takes, uh, when you you place the order, you're not going to get it for six to eight months. And used equipment, you're going to get it almost immediately. So apparently it doesn't. The demand for it, used equipment then is pretty high. It's pretty high, okay. so oh. it doesn't really lose much of its value. So you might oh, okay. be getting wow. you know, $0.90 cents on the dollar, but you're not going to get a you know, $0.50, 50 cents on the dollar deal. I mean, Versus, unless you get uh, lucky, right? Like, but, well, they did. I, yeah. think, I think they said they were snatching things up for like $0.10 cents on the dollar. It probably uh, depends on
0: location and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. But
3: in hotbeds, I bet I bet you're not going to see well, the
0: discount. I, I think that maybe the bigger deal is, and depending on how well they did the build out, is the construction cost that you'd be saving. Uh, I,
1: I guess the interesting thing is, I wonder how much that's changed over time because that used to be the case with home brewing equipment or specifically like home draft line equipment. So, like, pinlock kegs used to be stupid cheap, or just uh, soda kegs used to be stupid cheap, but then people kept buying them to put beer in, and now they're just uh, the price of a keg. Like, they're, yeah, it's just the same as you would pay for. I don't know, the, it,
0: I, hmm. So there's a, there's one there's one more area of over, uh, overlap. Actually, there, there's quite a few, but we're only going to talk about one more on on today's sparge. We have a couple minutes left. Uh, Matt and Joel like to play board games. Jason and I love to play board games. Uh, can you oh, guys yeah. uh, let us know, like, if you had to throw down on a board game right now, what would we be playing?
2: Ooh, right now, I would throw down Ticket to Ride. All right, just nice. a classic. It's been, a, it's been around for forever. Yeah. It's not super nerdy. I, I I get the impression you guys are more into like ultra nerd games. We we don't no. hate on Ticket to Ride. Ticket to we have
0: we have like the collector's edition with the bigger size board and the plastic pieces in the tin. This is true. It's actually the first blah, blah, um, blah,
2: collector's edition. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I hear. You suck. That's all I hear. Well, <laughs> no. you're not good enough, Matt.
1: It's actually the, like one of the first board games I bought as an adult. Like it's um, even though we don't bring it to the table as much anymore, like it still has a pretty. I still have a pretty strong connection and I'm terrible at it because I always I don't know how to calculate when the game's about to end. I don't look at other people's trains. So the last time I played it was with my ex-girlfriend and I thought that I was like, "Oh my god, in six turns, I'm going to do so well." And then <laughs> like the game was immediately over and I lost by like 50 points or something like that. <laughs>
0: And that's when you broke up with her. Immediately, get out of my no. Just get out of the house. (laughs) Just get out of the house. No, but for me, like, (laughs) (laughs) we we definitely have uh, (laughs) we (laughs) we definitely have uh, a a lot of games. But if I was gonna throw down a game right now, I'd just be playing Settlers of Catan, or as it's called now, Catan. Oh yeah, Um, it's my favorite game. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Like back in the day,
2: we used to just call it Settlers. Yeah, right. They changed the name to just. Straight up, Catan, right? Absolutely, yep.
1: yeah. That it bothers me strong to no game, end. Though. It's what? It's a strong game though. It's
3: still got man. Oh. It's still got playability. I, you know, I've gotten into so many other games that I don't play it nearly as much. But uh, but yeah, it's still super strong. And I actually kind of miss the interaction that you have. Like the trading, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of these other games that I play, they don't have that element where you're bartering with people
0: and you're kind of probably like, talking a little being more shit. An asshole, Joel! <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Exactly. They they honestly so like my, cool they won't trade with me at all.
1: Well, that, that's true. It's a. It's been a house rule. Don't trade with Aaron. But the, I think the other thing with Damn. settlers, I don't. I don't enforce the rule. I traded with you once last game. You
0: did trade with me one time. One, <laughs> Thanks, Jason.
1: One, one time. That's You're
2: awesome. welcome. Yeah, for me, settlers was my uh, first board game that I actually. I'll take that back. I didn't purchase it. My w- girlfriend at the time, now my wife, purchased it for me back Aww. in uh, two thousand. Keeper
3: seven. I feel like that's like the. Catan like the gateway drug. Oh you know? yeah, it's like oh, the yeah. first one for so many people, and then you're like, oh, where do I go next? And it's like Puerto Rico, Carcassonne. Yeah, and For yeah. me right now, I would say King Domino is one, one that I really enjoy playing. Yeah. It's nice because it's great for two, three, or four players, and uh, you can play a game in you know 15 minutes. Uh, so yeah, I, I've really been enjoying that one lately. Yeah,
0: yeah and you guys should check it out if you haven't already checked out um, for two player games, especially you guys are. Uh, uh, I like to play with my wife, and I think it has the best two player variant of any game that we play, which is Takedo. It's also a very pretty game. Oh, Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, Yeah, the the artwork on that
2: thing is awesome That's yeah so
0: good yeah and then I think the two-player variant where you get to control the third player is excellent so we have to uh, we have to wrap up we only have uh, 15 minutes we're a couple minutes over we're gonna let it we're let it slide um, if you are thinking about starting your own brewery and you want some more just personal finance tips to help you get on that road whether it's getting out of debt or, or cutting costs or saving on your grocery bill you can check out the poor not poor podcast wherever you find your podcast or especially on castbox you can uh Reach out to us. uh, Let us know how you like the show at podcast at Plato's Gravity dot com or on social media at Plato's Gravity. And, you know, normally we do the spars, just me and Jason. So I'm kind of out of practice and I went into like the end episode thing without giving you guys a chance to talk more about your own podcast and tell us how to reach out to you. So I'm going to stop and let you guys do that.
2: No, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. I know you got a tight tight time limits, but you can find us on Instagram at uh, Poor Not Poor.
3: You can find me on Twitter at Not Poor Matt. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter at not poor Joel, and you can always go to our website, uh, poornotpoor.com. And so, just it's terrible when we say it out loud. It's poor, p o u r, not p o o r. So it say so like pour it a beer, and then don't be poor. That's kind of that's that's how we roll. So if you're typing it into you know the the uh, URL, poornotpoor.com, or in whatever podcasting app you listen to.
0: And if you type it wrong, if you type poor not poor, like if you want to be poor and then not have beer, like I feel really bad for you. <laughs> Also, I did that today, and that URL does not exist. So uh, you will get we nothing. We really need to snatch that one up. Yeah, should, a- yeah it'd be 10 bucks on, on, on Google Domains. Uh, okay. Anyway, thank you guys a ton for coming on this show today. Uh, this has been Plato's Gravity. In the meantime, uh, save up some money, build yourself a brewery, and have some fun. Thanks.